Hello and welcome to Rednets, the official podcast of Empire of the Cop. Got a few interesting issues to uh, really dig into today from Stephen Gerrard to Michael Edwards. And helping me with that, as ever, is Rick Elliott and Steve Carson, and of course myself, Farrell Keeling. I did the wave again. He did the wave again. He's he's forgotten. This is only audio record. Oh, Steve's done it too. Now we're all just waving for laughs here. Um, but I mean, Steve, I'm going to come to you straight with Gerard off the bat. Um, he's been announced as a new Aston Villa boss. Uh, 3.5, three and a half year deal. Uh, Sky had originally ported it as two and a half, but I can confirm it is indeed three and a half years at Aston Villa. What were your initial thoughts when you heard the news come through? Yeah, well, when it became official, um, I was a little bit surprised because uh, obviously we'd all heard the rumours and I thought, like, on one hand, it, it, I have to talk of it from a Liverpool perspective and he's previously said that, you know, he dreams of coming back to Anfield and stuff like this and that's the way I look at it. Um, not specifically from Gerard's perspective as a managerial career. I look at it as a Liverpool fan. Eventually, he's going to come back to Anfield. I think it's a step in the right direction. I think there's definitely an argument that if he'd have stayed at Rangers and maybe had a little bit of a push in Europe, it could have been something to be remarked on. But I think getting that, getting years in the Premier League under his belt, you know, potentially a good two to three years before. You know, Jurgen Klopp, if he's not convinced to stay any longer at Anfield, it could be a really good step up. Yeah, from a Liverpool perspective, it's great. From Steven Gerrard's perspective as well, it's a no-brainer. With all due respect to Rangers and Scottish football in general, it's a step up. It's a Premier League club. It's a big club as well. Don't forget Villa. Obviously, in recent years, they've not been as big as they have been in the past, but that is quite a big club with a lot of history. I think it's a really positive move for Gerard. I hope he does well. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen the attractive football that Rangers have been playing. And if he does that at Villa, I think he'll go down very well there and it can set him up for a bigger job, maybe in the Northwest in the future. Lovely little hint there uh, from you, Steve. I mean, you, you've pointed to uh, his work at Rangers and I think it's it's clear to see the impact him and his coaching team have had there, a league title, the first league title there in a decade. Um, and then you could argue almost he, he's, you know, they're, they're three points ahead of Celtic um, in the Scottish Premiership at the moment. You know, you could argue they stand a pretty good chance of uh, getting a second title there. So you know, he's given that up, but as you say, he's given it up for um, what many perceive to be the right opportunity at the right time. Um, would you agree with that viewpoint, Rick? Uh, Villa are the perfect sort of Premier League team for someone in his situation to walk in on. However, I personally don't think this is the right job for Steven Gerrard. So that so so it, any other manager in his situation, perfect move for him himself. I so the problem is so you've got the so the Rangers perspective. It's a season that's half done. Um, you know, yes, he's he's won them the league title, great, but it's 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 the other stuff that he hasn't achieved whilst he's there. Hasn't really gone that far in Europe. The the cup side of things, he hasn't necessarily done too well. Uh, with the with the cups, you know, it, it feels like it's a job half done, and he's just sort of walking away halfway through the season. If he was to go, it, well, he ha- he has gone there, but like uh, for me personally, if I were 
to have a sit down conversation with him. First of all, this wouldn't be the first topic of conversation, but you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the actual conversation would probably go down like this, mate. Hold off until like you know summer, where you've got a lot less riding on you. You know, the season's done. You can uh, it's a fresh start. You know, you can finish off what you've done with Rangers. You've got you'll have a transfer budget expectations or you you're not automatically pushing for survival from like you know relegation like you know because it could it could end up in a relegation battle you know if, if it all goes pear-shaped so yeah at least have that like clean break start of the season finish what you've started at rangers and then go on and and ideally i'd say you know Premier League might not be the best move for him right now i mean you we've already seen with the likes of lampard um, just how hard it is for managers to sort of make that, like that new managers to make that step up from a lesser league. Like in that, that situation, it was the championship. In this situation, it's the Scottish League. They're, they're very different beasts. I would have said personally, you know, I think the best move for him is somewhere in Germany, where it's a, it's, it's a physical league, very similar in that sense to um, the, the Premier League. You've got... You know the likes of uh, Bayern, who are who are, are going to walk that league anyway. So if you if you came into like a second string Bundesliga team, you, you know the expectations aren't as as great, and you can still sort of fine tune your skills without the sort of looming. You know, we've. I mean, obviously, he's going to need to get well, push for European qualification at, at uh, Aston Villa because that's where the money is. Let's face it, um, but. You know, I just I, one of the things that Gerard said was he never wanted to to manage against Liverpool. That was his like sort of worst nightmare, and now here he is, just a couple of years later, going against that. And I, it's just, it's just like, mate, be a be a man of your word. If you're going to do that, if you if you love the club that much, then why are you potentially putting yourself in a situation where, you know, who knows? The I mean, we play them in December. Those points could. You know, look at last season, how last season we went from, you know, being struggling for Champions League qualification to coming third. That match alone could easily, the, the points from that match could easily depend on like what how we end the season. I mean, yes, we've got like, you know, the likes of West Ham and you know, those results, but like, you know, it's still, it's the points are points. And like he could single-handedly be responsible for was struggling to get European qualification next, well, next by the end of the season. I mean, it, it's it's a risk. I think that's the main thing. I, I think it's a risk, and not just for him. It's a risk for Aston Villa because they're hardly in the best situation. You've got the likes of Danny Ings, who's injured, uh, Emiliano Buendia, um, struggling to sort of replicate his form for Norwich City. Um, it's going to be a tough job. He's not going to walk in. Um, you know, it, I mean, it has to be said that he's, he's got a good squad to work with there. He's not exactly left with bare bones, you know, despite Jack Grealish's departure. Um, but I mean, it, it's one of those things, isn't it? If, if he'd let, if he'd waited till the end of the season at Rangers, got his second league title there, the opportunity probably still wouldn't be there. You know, let alone any opportunity in the Premier League or beyond in the Bundesliga in a more uh, suitable league, as, as you've as you've pointed to. So, I mean, it's it's. You know, you're gambling either way and he's gambled earlier and hopefully it's a gamble that will pay off. Um, one thing I sort of wanted to draw our, our attention to uh, whilst we're on the topic of Gerard is his uh, assistant, uh, Michael 
Beale, because um, he's yet to sort out his backroom staff at Faston Villa. Obviously, the hopes are that he'll bring in uh, Gary McAllister and Michael Beale, who were with him at Rangers. Um, but as I say, this is yet to be sorted out. It, it's the reason why I'm bringing up uh, Michael Beale specifically um, is just because he's been recognised as sort of the brains behind the operation at Rangers alongside Gerard here. I mean, I mean, I've got a sort of few quotes here from um, individuals who've worked around him. Uh, for instance, former Rangers man Carl Lafferty, who, um, and I quote, the longer I was there, I started to realise Michael Beale, I think he's the man behind it. No disrespect to Stephen Gerrard, who I think is an, an amazing manager, where he has taken the club from day one to now is night and day. But Michael Beale is behind the scenes and I think he's the brains behind it. Tactically, He's amazing. This has been confirmed by Gerald as well on the Robbie Fowler uh, podcast. Uh, I think he said it would take him between 15 to 20 years to become as good as Michael Beale as an on-pitch coach. Um, I mean, Steve, with comments like that, do you sort of worry how his tenure at Aston Villa might go if he doesn't manage to get Michael Beale to come with him uh, to Aston Villa? Because um, obviously I think there's been reports coming around about Carver City sniffing around Michael Bill amongst a few other potential suitors. Yeah, of course he's going to want his, uh, his backroom staff that he's found success with to be following him. And and that, that applies everywhere he goes and it applies to every manager in the world as well. You find that um, when uh, a top quality manager goes somewhere, like it, it's not a one-man band managing a football club. You know, there's been quotes, quotes from Jurgen Klopp in the past where he always keeps praise on his backroom staff and he always makes a point of um, highlighting certain members of the backroom staff and saying, you know, I, I, these people are the experts in these areas and, you know, I listen to all these people. I think that's where it goes in there with Stephen Gerrard and his backroom staff. And like you say there, it's, um, maybe Gerrard might not be a certain type of character. And I was a bit like that on the football pitch as well, because while he was captain of Liverpool Football Club, it was Jamie Carragher who was screaming at players on the pitch. He's always been a bit of a, a double act and a bit of a team act. He's always been a very good team player. End of the day, Steven Gerrard, great manager. And, well, so far, so good with Steven Gerrard. Let's let's see how he does. Uh, I'm saying great manager for now. Certainly, I think Rangers fans, once the wounds have healed, they'll also see him as such, forgetting the glory days back there. But yeah, he needs his backroom staff. The more the merrier, obviously. Um, Bill, that you pointed out there, he's going to want him to be joining him. I don't think it would be detrimental if he doesn't go with him, but I think it is very important that he keeps that backroom staff together. And certainly... Wherever he goes, if he keeps as many people around him as possible like that, I think it's going to be very important for him. I mean, just an example, sorry, just an example closer to home. I mean, I think we're quick to forget about Buvac. Like he was seen as the brains of the operation and then he left under circumstances that I don't think, have they actually, I can't remember if they actually said what the issue was in the first place. But I don't think they've even reconciled, have they? It's, it's a no. bit of a, a, a messy breakup. Yeah, but like, uh, I mean, he left and, and the, the true sign of a good manager is like, like Steve's alluded to is, is making sure that you have the right people around you. And so like, look at, if you look at Klopp, and the people that he surrounded himself with, Pep Linders, bringing him, like, like making sure that he was brought back into the fold in a little bit more of a uh, inclusive, you know, more like deputy role than what he was before. 
you know, it's it, that's that's the sign of a good manager is 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 getting the people around you that you know are going to help you get the job done. So even if, like Steve said, even if the veal uh, doesn't come over, then at least um, you know, I, I I I have every faith that Gerard, the name recognition alone, you know, if you come up to someone with a lot of skill behind them, a lot of knowledge, and go, Stephen Gerard wants you on his team. I mean, how many people are going to turn that down? No, absolutely, absolutely. I, th- I think, I mean, the, the main interesting thing about Beale and, and sort of in the context of Gerard, as I feel, and I think you've both sort of alluded to it there, it, it's it's a similar method of thinking as that o- operated by Klopp in that um, he, he, he doesn't think he knows it all. He understands the need for experts around him. And that's that's always been Klopp's main, one of Klopp's main strengths. And um, consequently, with one of the... Uh, Brennan Rodgers' downfall. Liverpool wanted to have all his fingers in the pies. It's it's encouraging that he's sort of taken that mindset uh, with him even beyond you know departing the youth ranks um, at Liverpool. I mean, just before we move on from Gerard, I feel like it's one of those subjects we could all talk about for for days on end. But I mean, how are you both feeling uh, about his chances at Aston Villa, um, Rick? I'm I'm going to start with you here because I know you're a bit hesitant about the appointment but do you reckon he'll make it his own or are you a bit worried i'm a bit worried if i'm if i'm honest um i it could go either way can't it i mean well that's literally the only it's a 50 50 it's there's no like where he just sort of meanders to staying in the job for however long the contract's for i wouldn't honestly i mean we haven't brought it up but i wouldn't be surprised if there's a clause in the contract that says if liverpool come along i'm allowed to go um, that's just speculation. I have no insight, but knowing the kind of person that Gerard is, whilst he will be professional as possible, I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that has been written in. Um, but that being said, I uh, it it depends on loads of factors. Um, there's a there's a good squad there. It it could do with some improvements. I mean, it's it's all about getting certain elements to 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 actually start working and get the ball rolling. You know, Danny Ings we know is is a very good goal scorer, but it's getting him working in that system. There's been like a lot of you know trying to get him w- working without Ollie Watkins. You know, is is that can, can, is it time to just sort of put that to bed and just only play one at a time and just sort of rotate or is it can you get them working together as a unit um you know it's i'm not sure i'm i'm really not sure i just have this you know i just don't want him to be another lampard where he has a crack at the whip and it's just it he just can't if he can't hack it then that's it his career is essentially stunted and that it's going to be a very hard upward climb from there for him to get another Premier League job and you know if he doesn't if he doesn't get it at Villa then you know I don't think he'll ever get the Liverpool job I mean he's certainly got a, a better background I'd argue than uh, Frank Lampard courtesy of his time at agreed Rangers. Um, I mean uh, Steve I get the impression you're a bit more optimistic about what he could achieve um, at Aston Villa would, would I be right in thinking that yeah, I, th- I think one big thing with Gerard is obviously he was he was at Rangers for the best part of three years. Is um, when he worked at Rangers, he he done it within a budget. And I think one big thing that's going to really kind of I suppose be instrumental to Aston Villa's season will be what happens in January. Obviously, Stephen Gerrard might have some ideas 
uh, of what he could add to that squad. I don't know what funds are available for Aston Villa, but as I say, Steven Gerrard has worked with limited funds at Rangers, so he knows uh, him and his team. Um, granted, that they actually do follow him um, to Villa. Uh, they know how to identify players within a certain budget, and I think you know that there could be a couple of um, gems that you see. Um, certainly, they've got a talented squad as it is, um, so they don't necessarily need to uh, add in January. But I do think that will dictate how the season goes for them. I think there will be an immediate bounce for Aston Villa. Obviously, they're on a run of, I know it's at least five games on the on the trot now. They've lost. Um, Steven Gerrard's going to walk into that changing room, and then players, you know, with all due respect to who's came before in terms of the backroom staff, it's Steven Gerrard, you know. A legend has walked into the room. There's going to be a bounce purely just because it's Steven Gerrard and the players are going to have this new sense of power. And I just feel like there's going to be a bounce there. I hope it can be sustained for them. Don't get me wrong. I'm not exactly going to be watching Villa week in, week out now, but I will be hoping that Gerrard does a good job. You know, he does an admirable job from a distance. And then like we've all alluded to so far, you know, in a few years, you know, post-clock, Maybe there could be a place there for Steven Gerrard. I don't know personally. I would like to see him prove himself at a Borussia Dortmund or a Sevilla or someone like that first before coming to uh, Liverpool, which post Klopp will be one of the biggest jobs in the world. Yep, it's 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 a big move for him, and obviously we'll all be um, wishing him the best of luck um, at Villa Park. Um, but we get the impression that Aston Villa won't be the only side. Um, having a little look at the January transfer window and seeing what business they can do reasonably. Um, a player Liverpool have been linked with um, in the prior summer window um, is Arno Danjuma, um, former Bournemouth player, now plays for Villarreal. Um, and uh, it's, it's interesting, this one, because uh, Fabrizio Romano himself uh, has commented um, on the links uh, recently, noting Liverpool's... Um, Upcoming issue with the African Cup of Nations, of course, will be missing out Sadio Mane, Mo Salah and Naby Keita for a potentially significant period of time. Um, it's not yet been clarified for how long exactly we could potentially be without that trio. It was, it was initially the case, it seemed that we'd be without them um, for just the couple of uh, league games. I believe it's Crystal Palace um, and um, Brentford. Pardon there. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, it could be anything between Crystal Palace and Brentford. And I believe the other two key ties, depending on when the players are sent off, would be also Chelsea and Leicester City. But back to Fabrizio Romano. Um, he specifically spoke about Dan Juma. said, Liverpool love this player, but Villarreal have no intentions of opening any talks uh, in January. We'll have to see in, in the window whether, of course, uh, Liverpool do exercise any interest. Uh, but Steve, I'm going to come to you first with this one. I mean, it's a player we were heavily linked with while he was at Bournemouth. He certainly had some fantastic numbers, 25 goal contributions in 37 games in all competitions. He's continued that form uh, in La Liga with nine goal contributions in 15 games, but he's contracted until 2026, uh, which I think in many eyes uh, would make that move in January quite unlikely. Yeah, I think Tanzuma, I think he remains potentially a good target for Liverpool but I feel like the ship may have sailed I don't know what Fabrizio Romano's information is I've no doubt that he's a hell of a lot more up to date than I am but um, I don't know whether that's just lingering Liverpool were interested when he was at Bournemouth it's not been long that he's been at Villarreal 
you know, you've got to remember as well, when he was at Bournemouth, he, he'd have been available for between 20 to 30 million pounds. His release clause now at VRL is going to be, release clauses are crazy these days. It, it could be, it could be, it could be close to about 50, 60 million pounds, which I just don't see Liverpool forking that out for a player who's, I mean, if we're being honest, is going to sit on the bench for 90% of the season. Um, obviously, you've got AFCON to consider, but again, I don't see Liverpool forking out the money required to get someone like Dan Juma. There's absolutely no doubts about his quality. Fantastic footballer. He was clearly too good for the championship and he's now proven it in La Liga, playing for one of the more exciting uh, teams in the league. Um, we've certainly seen him in the Europa League uh, exceeding as well in recent years. So, yeah, I mean, exciting player. Would be a great target for Liverpool. No doubt that there's interest in the past, but I feel having now left Bournemouth and joined VRL, very little chance that anything's going to happen, especially this soon because he's, he's he's fresh meat there. You know what I mean? I mean, I mean he, he's garnered sort of a lot of attention. I think the interesting um, story that uh, came out a while ago was uh, Cristiano Ronaldo demanding to have his shirt after Manchester United's meeting with Villarreal in the Champions League, which is. Uh, high praise by Ronaldo's standards, considering how his disdainful reaction to uh, Robin Gerson's asking for a shirt on international duty. Um, I mean, uh, Rick, it, it, again, would, would you sort of take the viewpoint that this is a bit of an unlikely one, but perhaps one that we could see happening down the line in the summer? I mean, it's. I mean, we we said a few months ago when we were discussing about Jared Bowen, um, we we were saying that yes, they're they're. There's links. Um, yes, the the club are looking at the player, but that could just easily be someone telling, technically telling the truth of like, yeah, we're keeping tabs on him by having a database, and that person is on the database, and we're looking at the number of like from a stats point of view, you know, and we're feeding it into an algorithm, and the algorithm is going, this lad right here is probably your best bet. Go and go and watch a few matches of him. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. Yeah, it's one of those where I don't see us making a move for him because he's essentially going to be like Steve said, like a bench warmer. He's going to be like an uh, essentially a, uh, an upgrade on Divock Origi. And then you know, for, thanks for all you've done, Divock. But you know, it's uh, you know, he's he's pulled goals out of thin air at times in the way that only Divock can. But I, you know, I think if you turn to most people and say, "Is Divock's time up at the club?" 80% of them are going to say, yeah, probably, because he's not getting a sniff in, you know, and that since Jota's come in, he's not getting any game time anytime soon, unless it's a match like West Ham. And, you know, you've got a guy here that's just, you know, going to be a complete replacement for him. So, yeah, I I don't see it happening. I mean, it's it's one of those where I don't see us making any moves in, in January, despite us all clamoring for a move because we need a move because AFCON is going to be something that keeps raising its head every single time and if you have two lads that are going to leave you for a couple of weeks of the season every single time it rears its head then you know you, you're going to have to adapt to that and I don't think that the, the squad depth that we have for the forwards is sufficient enough for even if it is just a couple of matches you know, we've got Fabinho. Uh, Fabinho. We've got Firmino, who's is uh, already injured for a significant amount of time, and he was a player that you you could fairly depend upon over the last couple of seasons. 
all it takes is just a couple of really bad timed injuries and you you know you're getting Stephen Corker on loan and sticking him up front you know what I mean a bit of a strange situation that wasn't it I, I think I mean you've hit the nail on the head there um it obviously depends on just how severe this injury uh Firmino's attained is because uh, obviously then we're looking sort of at a forward line of uh Diego Jota um Divock Origi and Takumi Minamino um taking up those places for those two games or potentially more um, if the players are released earlier, which is not going to be ideal uh, when we're coming up against the likes of Chelsea and Leicester City. But we shall see on that matter as it develops. Um, I mean, while we're on the topic of transfers, we'd be entirely remiss not to mention the behind-the-scenes king of transfers himself, Michael Edwards. Um, obviously, recent updates, as I'm sure many will be aware of by now. Um, he has announced his intention to leave his current role as sporting director at Liverpool Football Club at the end of the season. The question on some minds, of course, would be, where will he go? Um, but for now, Steve, I mean, I just want to get your opinion on that uh, announcement and sort of where this leaves Liverpool. Are you worried? Are you, you confident about his successor? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a big loss, as it would be for anybody. He's obviously done a fantastic job over over the decade. Um, yeah, he's been he's been critical to the success the Klopp's found because players like you know um, Roberto Firmino, identified by you know, yeah, it's it's you know the the club's going to miss him. It's a great shame. Um, I I have confidence in the team. Um, like like we've touched upon with Steven Gerrard, it's not down to one man, these things. It is it is part of a team. So I've I've you know, I haven't worked with him for over, you know, for the best part of 10 years. I've I've no doubt the club is now well oiled in terms of recruitment. Um so I'm not I'm not too worried. Uh, I think the main thing really would be to just sort of appreciate what he's done. Uh, I really enjoy the fact that his dog's name is Bobby. Uh, which he mentioned in his open letter to the fans, which I think is just lovely. And, you know, obviously that was him saying that. I'm not going to say who my favourite player is, but um, my dog is named Bobby, so take from that what you will. And, yeah, I, I think in terms of recruitment, Roberto Firmino, when he was coming into the club, he came in as like, a, oh, you know, this player is somewhat exciting, but he, he's became the best false nine in the world at Liverpool. And that is just symbolic of sort of the the highlights of the recruitments that we've seen over the last few years. And, you know, it's, you've got to just thank, thank him for the service at the club. And he's been around for that long now. Can't really blame him for wanting the fresh change. So, you know, you can only really wish him all the best going forward. And whoever gets him next is going to be getting a very, very intelligent man um, with a very good football brain on his head. I mean, he's been a silent but effective Figure and you almost get the impression that, as you've touched on there with the uh, Bobby Firmino comments uh, from his open letter to the fans, that it's almost a shame he's been a silent figure. Uh, we'd we'd have loved to have hear, heard a bit more from him over, over his uh, time at Liverpool. Uh, I mean, Rick, we've got Julian Ward. We know is going to be his successor. He's been um, assistant sporting director uh, since last December. Uh, of course, I'm sure many will know that uh, uh, Julian was. Um, in the loan department, he was uh, the head of loans and pathways, uh, and he, he's generally built up a pretty solid reputation um, at Liverpool. He, he's had endorsements from Michael Edwards specifically, um, who 
said uh, Julian's elevation is wholly in keeping in line uh, with what I believe to be a key factor of the Liverpool way. With promotion from within uh, assuring expertise, experience and institutional knowledge are cherished in the way that they should be, which I think fits nicely within our sort of general discussion because we've been talking um, about sort of roughly around themes of continuity. And this is very much sort of boot room-esque um, in terms of the, the rationale behind ensuring this promotion. I mean, what what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I've put down in my, my notes here, it's funny you should say that, uh, I've put like, you know, it's, it's a clear passing of the torch. And uh, yeah, people have been clamoring for this sort of modern day boot room uh, all over like, you know, Twitter and everything. Like people want, when Klopp finally leaves they want like you know pep linders to potentially step in as manager uh but this this is that boot room scenario but on a grander scale it's not just sort of the man in charge it's like you know it, it's it's all about like the the intricacies of the people who are like in the the spider's web of lfc um it's it is bringing in someone from the outer sort of outer reaches of this web and bringing them closer into the center julian ward obviously as you mentioned there he's he's in charge of the the loan situations like we could be in a situation where within a couple of years time julian ward has almost single-handedly created this squad for klopp or gerard or linders or whoever may be in charge at that point in time you know, as as fine tuned this 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 squad for like yeah, you know, we could he could he could be in charge of the purchases as we've seen like, which is essentially what uh, Michael Edwards is doing right now, uh, charge in charge of loans, so taking those academy players and sending them into the right places to gain the experience to then go into the first team squad. You know, it, it's it, it's it, all it takes is just like you know a solid Champions League run, and it's like this is the Julian uh, Julian Ward era. Um, so like, you know, it, it, as much as I, I, I mean, I'm a massive fanboy of, uh, you know, uh, the memes of Michael Edwards. I mean, I, I've been responsible for, for pushing that, um, you know, a, at least a little fraction of the way during my time making memes and stuff. But, you know, like it, it doesn't take an awful lot for it to then become the new era and you know all of a sudden we're snap bang in it um what interests me is we don't even know uh where michael edwards's next move is you know we don't know what the the next part of his journey is we haven't been told uh, what we do know is that he's not interested in the newcastle job like you know he's not interested in anything to do with that mel reddy has suggested that you know, although she doesn't know, it might be that he's seeking a new challenge, and that might be at a, an association. You know, not even at a club. One thing we're also forgetting is that it might be that he just doesn't want to be in in football anymore. I mean, we've closer to home. Our last uh, CEO, uh, Peter Moore. I mean, he made the famously made a move from video games into football. Um, you know, so it could be that it's a complete similar situation where uh, Edwards goes right. Well, I've I've completed football. You know, I've I've brought Mo Salah and, and Sadio Mane, and now they're like you know some of the biggest players in the world. 
where do I go from here? I don't know. Start uh, go to a hedge fund or something like that. You know, to go to the, the world of finances. I don't. I don't know. But to go back to Peter Ward, I only found out this week that he was uh, he's helping out at Wrexham. He's uh, uh, you know helping with the uh, the business side at Wrexham. So you know he's going to be hanging out with Ryan Reynolds and uh, oh, I've forgotten the other guy's name from Always Sunny. But yeah, it, yeah. I, that's it's not, uh, not a bad situation, is it? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I think we should start the campaign for it to get him into Deadpool 3. <laughs> no, I, I mean, uh, you've touched on quite a, a few points there. There's, there's, there's always too much to choose from. I mean, I mean, I love your Spiders web analogy particularly, but I mean, this is kind of the point about keeping Liverpool successful, isn't it, Steve? It's not just about finding that replacement for Jurgen Klopp, which will you know, be an almost impossible job. It, it, it's ensuring every single facet of the club is is covered, you know, all the way through, you know, from nutrition to the highest levels of management. Um, it, I mean, we've got such a broad array of experts as it is, and it, as things stand, it appears, you know, that there's a lovely pathway there for every at every point in the club uh, for people to exceed and show off their abilities. Um, but obviously, looking at Michael Edwards, I mean, do, it'd be almost fairytale-esque if he sort of, as Rick goes, goes, I've, I've, I've completed football, I'll move on to a different uh, challenge. Do you, do you see him sort of taking that route or do you reckon he could uh, be tempted by, you know, another club, uh, another transformation? Yeah, I, th- I think, I think obviously he's had that appetite in the past, so I could see it happening again, but now he does have that, heavy CV he worked at Liverpool for the decade he can go and do what he wants basically uh, he could go and work he could do what he wants whoever he wants like like Rick said oh I'm the guy that put Mo Salah at Liverpool oh that's you okay um, and then he could he could walk into anywhere and get a job like you're saying then about the you know progression at Liverpool well it's you know you know Linders learns from Klopp um, and then Julian learns from Mike and it's just an ongoing thing as long as there's that core belief that's been instilled by the team over the last few years as long as that keeps rolling over at Liverpool no matter who's at the top of the pyramid so to speak um, we'll be fine at the end of the day we'll be absolutely fine I've no doubt that Julian having worked with Mike for so long um, just over a year isn't it he'll have picked up a hell of a lot from him he'll know how he works inside out um, and that's certainly what Michael Edwards has suggested in his in his open letter. Anyway, he's given him a glowing review. Um, I'm sure he'd be absolutely fine with the job. And yeah, Edwards, the world's his oyster at this point. Like like Rick said, he's completed football. Uh, if he fancies a new challenge somewhere else, I've no doubt he'll do it again. Um, maybe he goes to another football club. You know, it'd be nice to see him do well. Uh, obviously, if he goes to somewhere else in the Premier League, that would be a bit of a difference. But I doubt that'll happen. Obviously, there's a lot of love for Liverpool. Um, so I don't see that happening. Yeah, maybe a break for football could be the one. Um, but I've no doubt whatever he does next, he'll smash it. No, he's had, he's had a huge, huge endorsement there from Michael Edwards, um, and it's also worth pointing out. Uh, FSG president Mike Gordon uh, pushed for his promotion to assistant sporting director, so it very much seems um, like Liverpool will be in good hands uh, for the next three years, also up until uh, Klopp's the expiration date of Klopp's contract. At which point, uh, all bets are off, so to speak. Um, but, you know, as we said, as we pointed out numerous times on this podcast, uh, the, stru- the structure from top down um, is absolutely fantastic at Liverpool. So you have to think 
um, we're in a good place to uh, keep keep the good times going, uh, as they say. Uh, for now, though, you know we'll certainly enjoy the rest of Edwards whilst we can. Um, but that's been all from us for today. Uh, join us again next week. Uh, Rick Elliott, Steve Carson, and myself, Farrell Keenan, will be back again. We'll be previewing um, our upcoming meeting with Arsenal and Mikel Alteta. Sure to be a good one. We we seem to enjoy playing against the Gunners. Sadly, uh, Bobby Firmino won't be around for that one. He, he particularly loves a game against the Gunners, but we'll be uh, hoping for a good one. But then, for now, thank you, and uh, join us again next week. <laughs>